song you are listening to is none other than the brand new hot off the press page 99 record. Mm, maybe it's it not hot anymore. It's warm off the presses. It's been, what, three weeks since release date? As of the time this goes, yeah, it's about right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've been saying all along that I think it might be better than the first record. Ooh. I don't know. What kind of reactions have you gotten so far? That, pretty much. People yeah. have, um, they, they think it's more refined. It's more, the sound is more, uh, what would you say, uh, from top to bottom, a little more cohesive, which I guess I would is a agree good with sign. That. And we were finding our way as yeah. we were going along, trying to figure out exactly how I wanted to do it. So this one, I had an entire plan going in. And part of that plan was getting some top-level personnel. Not that you didn't have it on the first record, but we're well, talking— name personnel, yeah. Now we're talking household names like Bill Champlin. So give, walk us through some of the new personnel. Yeah, Bill Champlin, Tamara Champlin, uh, Paul Pesco, who is on guitar, would be known for playing in the uh, Daryl Hall's, Daryl's uh, House band yep. for a period of time. He goes back to playing with Madonna and— uh, is a New York kind of session cat guy. Uh, another New York session cat guy that was at the sax player, Chase Baird, mm. has toured with the likes of Shaka Khan, and uh, he is a um, he's a younger guy, but has really ha- seemed to have his uh, a great understanding of the West Coast sound. Uh, Peter Freestadt, of course, featured on the song we heard at the beginning. That was his ripping guitar solo from a song called Can't Stop. Love it. And uh, he just blew the doors off of that one, and it was a pleasure to have him on this record, too. It just elevates everything, having these guys, you know. I learned from them as much, you know. Yeah. As, well, and then um, how many covers are on this one? So Imagination's Sake is a cover. Yep. Three of them. That for Imagination's Sake, which is an old Sons of Champlin song, mid-70s-ish. Uh, Dance With Me. If you remember when we talked to Mark Jordan, oh, yeah. I remarked that that song, I had just kind of listened to that album, the Hole in the Wall album, and that one really caught my attention. And I asked him, point blank, has anyone covered that one yet? And he goes, nope. And I go, hmm. Mm. So that was that one. And then... Finest Henderson's uh, You Owe It All to Love, which oh, is yeah. sort of the ballady thing on that. Um, just one of those songs I really loved. I could hear myself arranging it, and, you know, off we went. All right. Well, congratulations on the release. Um, we'll see where it goes. Uh, and I'll just add a uh, two cents. My personal favorite so far is Indian Summer, which Ooh. is not a Poco cover. It is not. But I still like it. It's one of my favorites, too. Yep. Yeah, All right. thanks. Well, would you, I don't know if we could call that record a 10 out of 10 yet. I think it needs to go through the history of it time. It does. It but, does. Uh, you posed something interesting on our Facebook page and got uh, quite a few reactions that we wanted to come back to. Correct. I just, uh, it was sort of a repost of something I saw elsewhere in a different context. They were talking about, uh, I think it was on Twitter and it was a rock hard rock page or whatever. But they asked the question about what albums in the genre are 10 out of 10. And so I asked the question, what Yachty albums are true 10 out of 10 for you and in retrospect i realize there's two different ways you could take that mm. that question one is one that has yachty songs all the way through another way of taking that could be an album by an artist you associate strongly with yacht rock and the whole album as a whole ranks a 10 out of 10 for you but doesn't necessarily mean each song is a yachty song yes. so i think we got a mix of both of those responses and i interpreted the question as the former because i find it difficult less difficult the more i get into this but i've I found it difficult at least initially to find complete albums that were yachty from top to bottom even the likes of kenny loggins in high adventure right um right yeah so 
This was an interesting topic. We got some interesting responses. Just real yep. quick. High Adventure is one of them. We is got, High yeah, Adventure one of them? Did a, okay. yep. Yep. Before we dive into the, the viewer mail aspect of this, uh, just what, what would have been maybe your top two or three just off the top of your head? Without thinking through it, I can tell you mine if you want to get some. Time well, the to first process. ones that popped ahead to me are Gaucho and Asia, mm-hmm. and Dane Donahue's record. Um, those are probably the first three to pop mm-hmm. in. I'd probably have to dig a little deeper, but there there are others that I've written down. But those were the ones that popped. Mine are always Bill of Bounty. Oh, Bill yeah. of Bounty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark Jordan's Blue Desert. Ooh, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say that. I know. And then uh, third would have been uh, Dane Donahue. Okay, as well. I do give Blue Desert a ten out of ten. It just wasn't the first one to pop yeah. in my head. All right. Well, what did what did you find that was interesting? Can I just respond at the top because we did get a lot of votes for Asia, Asia and Gaucho. Yeah. yeah. Um, Asia is a ten out of ten record, no matter how you look at it. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not exactly. sure though. It's ten out of ten Yachty. But it, that's why the <sighs> Steely Dan is a very weird animal within it Yacht is, Rock. It is, and I don't have anything more to add than that. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same with Gaucho for me. It's a, I would give that a nine out of ten personally, just personal taste, but. Um, I guess the same. It's the same amount of yachtiness as Asia. I guess. Yeah, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, to to me, it feels a little yachtier. Only because Asia goes off on to some, particularly the song Asia goes off into that whole hits section with the drum solo and the sax solo and all that mm-hmm. stuff, which Super is jazzy. a little more fusion jazzy. Yeah, and it drifts out of the what would you would call smooth at that point. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what else? All right. What else caught your eye? Or do you want to just kind of run through this yeah, list just, a little bit? I'll zip through at least the first part of this, and then we can pause for reflection. Right? Um, and there were actually a couple of votes for "Eye for an Eye" from Burn and Barnes. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't given that one enough listens. I have it on vinyl, and I went through a period, but I think I got to go back to that. I don't recall thinking it was a ten, though. I don't either. That's my gut, but I'd have to go listen to it. I would call it almost completely yachty. Yeah, yeah. And as a reminder, obviously, we're you know giving our commentary and analysis thereof. You know, we're if this is your album that you put up there, it doesn't mean we're knocking you or telling you that you're wrong that it's not a ten. This is completely subjective. This is our responses to your. Uh, posts and writ and writ two, um, probably if you'd put those two together into one album, you'd have a ten out of ten. I think that uh, the the instrumentals on them probably don't shine enough, considering how well Rittenauer plays in mm-hmm. some of his more instrumental records. They're more they feel more like filler to me between the vocal songs. Mm-hmm. So I probably wouldn't give those a ten. But if you were to take all the vocal songs from those two albums with Eric Tagg on vocals, you'd have one perfect Yacht album. I would agree. Did Eric Tagg's album come up at all? Yeah, somebody did post that. I think actually I saw that one twice. And that was just, re- I'm going back to my memory. Wasn't that the album that Jay Graydon produced? And because he produced that one and the sound that came out of it is how he got the gig for Blue Desert? Ooh. I thought that's what he said. Maybe, yeah. I remember that story. For some reason, I can't remember if it was the Eric Tag album, but uh, yeah, your, your memory's probably better than mine in that. Well, only because remember he did that rip and guitar solo in the, the yeah. last tune, and then he he teased he's going to come back and tell us how he did that vocal extension That's right. on that last note. Oh, that so. was, um, no, Kipner. Kipner. Stephen Kipner. Steve Kipner. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah. That's but you reminded me of um, possibly why I didn't 
put uh, Mark Jordan's Blue Desert as as much as I've raved about it. Yeah. Remember when we talked to Jay and he said I asked him about the production and like some of the passing chords and the jazzy elements of there, and he said I had to put all of that in because Mark's writing is fairly simple mm. in that regard. And to, in order to get that, I had to have that added after the fact. It wasn't part of the original Mark Jordan composition, which got me thinking. Maybe the album, <laughs> maybe it's not as jazzy or influenced as Yachty as I thought it was. And it's completely twisted oh. my brain. And I want to thank Jay for uh, that. Well, <laughs> if that's true, then maybe uh, Mark has Jay to thank for making it Yachty. Well, but, yeah, I think that's true. I think that's what a good producer does, though. That's not well, an outlier. Well, yeah. And people did put Mannequin also. But I don't see Mark Jordan's Mannequin as being nearly on par with Blue Desert in a Yachty sound. It feels so much more pre or proto, and I'm surprised we didn't bring that one up. Yeah. Some of the songs on it, I think, conceptually are yachty, but the production is, is not. more primitive. Correct. Yep. yep. Um, I shouldn't say that about <laughs> professional. It's only Gary Katz that I know. produced <laughs> it. <laughs> but uh, no, I know what you mean. It, it yeah. wasn't going for the polished sound. It was going more for here's what the band sounded like in the room playing these songs. Correct. Now, here's one that's interesting because you and I did a whole episode focused on the album Silk Degrees. Yeah. Did you come away from that thinking it was a 10 out of 10? No, Neither uh, did I. in either respect, uh, I didn't find it. I would say it's probably a six or a seven out of 10 on a yachtiness level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because I don't like the, what I always consider the classic rock sound of Boss Gags, mm-hmm. and there's a number of those songs like Georgia and stuff like that, and uh, Little Shuffle. Yeah. Uh, it's probably a seven out of 10 just in terms of my preference as well. Yeah, I'm probably closer to an eight on it, but in I wouldn't give it a ten in either regard. Yeah, let me ask you about this because I okay. just started listening to, uh, at least more intently, to the three pages LPs. Yes. Do you find one of the, and so a lot of people put all three of them mm-hmm. as yachty? Do you find which one do you find yachtiest, and which one is your favorite? I I don't know that I can draw any separation mm. from all three of them, even though they have different producers. And there's mm. uh, what. Uh, 81 is the most is the last one the first one was probably 77 I mean so there's a four or five year range there and to me they all yeah. sound like one continuous thought yeah I would agree with that and um, I would put all of them right up there you know yep absolutely uh, we did have Dane Donahue mentioned a few times uh, somebody mentioned Breezin from George Benson now I find side one to be a perfect 10 I find side two to be about a four yeah it now, starts to drag I've only listened to it on uh, streaming, so I haven't had the sides. But I remember thinking, boy, this is losing some steam here at the end. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Uh, Your LeBounty album did get multiple posts. Oh, that's so good. Um, So yachty. The Airplay album. Yep. Which, as Jay said, they added two kitchen sinks into yeah. that one. And um, for me, that I felt that it even gets before fatiguing. he said that. Yeah, I couldn't give it a 10 because it gets fatiguing over time. It does. <laughs> Two kitchen sinks, yep. <laughs> um, let me ask you about this one, because I'm going to confess, I have never, if I have, I don't remember going through the entire album. Gino Vanelli, mm-hmm. uh, Brother to Brother. Yes. Never want to live without you, babe. I 
because he's got multiple what we at least what we would consider maybe yacht rock songs on two different records. Mm-hmm. Brother to brother. What are your thoughts on that album? That is the one that from that earlier era most often people point to as being his best. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say of that era it's the the sonically close to yacht rock. It's a little more fusion-esque. Um, it's a thinner sounding record. It's a little more aggressive. For me, actually my preferred album, both as I think it's a little yachtier sounding because it's a little richer sounding, but also just as my favorite is uh, Nightwalker, which I believe came right after Brother to Brother. But that would be probably considered his peak period of uh, Mach 1 Gino Vanelli. So Brother to Brother has the I Just Want to Stop. Right. Which was the winner of our Yacht Rock Invitational Tour. Yes, but it was still Yacht. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, they ranked it as Yacht. They the, did. The OGs. Yeah. And then, they, I guess, is Nightwalker the hit? Or Living Inside no, Myself li- yeah. also. Signed That's the hit. On Nightwalker, yeah. I don't see the difference between Living Inside Myself and uh, the tune from Brother to Brother, but didn't Living Inside Myself get certified? Ooh. I thought it possibly did. Hold, please. Which one are you asking about? Living inside myself? Yeah. Versus I just want to stop, which we know did not score. Right. This is happening live, people. Well, recorded. Uh, composite score for living inside myself is 56.75. Okay. Yeah, crazy. I don't see that much difference between the two, but I would like to... Maybe it is. You know what? Maybe it goes back to what I just said, that it's just a richer sounding mix yeah. versus the one, the Brother to Brother album. Could be. So yep. maybe we are in agreement. Just a side note, since I was Googling, or what do you call it when you're uh, doing a search on the yacht or yacht thing? Yugling? Uh, yacht, yacht skiing? Yeah, so There's I got to be a good it. pun there. How did we not workshop that? <laughs> Dang. Uh, send your viewer mail into uh, yachtrockpodcast.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Bill of Bounty, though, is 87.75, the living it up to. Yeah, How of course. Yep. Absolutely. Um, uh, one of your favorite bands, Ambrosia, we had 180 get nominated. I'm not sure that that album is yachty top to bottom. I wish That's it for sure. I know. <laughs> it's like those few are such teases, and then they yeah. kind of show some of the, I mean, remember, we had uh, Burley Drummond on, and he said that they were trying to do a 180 in their sound, but mm-hmm. they still had their prog roots, I think, still showing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wonder if any of those songs were carryovers from the previous album, at least were in progress, but uh, let's move on. Michael McDonald, his solo record, if that's what it takes. I could see where that... Um, could get votes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not 100% Yachty, though. Ooh, it's awfully close, though. You think so? Um, certainly yeah. really good top to bottom. Yeah, it is. Hmm. Yeah, it's hard for me to make a case why it wouldn't be. It's. Um, it didn't immediately come to mind to me. Uh, and I, though- I tend to get a little fatigued with Michael's singing sometimes yeah. and I know a lot of people feel that way so that's probably why it wouldn't be a 10 for me overall but I could see why it would be to some and that's that obviously is the one with I keep forgetting right oh man 
Um, I'm going to jump ahead real quick. Do it. We're both looking at the same list. So Toto 4, mm-hmm. going back to your the way you, that you posed the question, is definitely a 10 in my book anyway in terms of quality, but probably only about a 6 in terms of top-to-bottom yachtiness. Yeah, I kind of laughed at first when the, the person that posted it said that uh, Toto 4 – Though not really of uh, not really yachty or not, or not really from top to bottom, but the strong songs are strong enough that makes the whole thing a ten. Which mm. I thought, well, if it's not top, a good top to bottom, how can it be a ten? But as I lived <laughs> with his comment, I understood what he meant, and that's actually my analysis of it too. So yeah. the top songs are that good. Uh, I don't know if I'd give that one a ten, but I got it awfully close. So you mean yeah. at a yachtiness level? No, just on a. I'm sure he's saying it's a ten album quality wise. Yeah. Quality wise, yeah. And you wouldn't give it a ten? I'm surprised by that. No, I'll probably give it an eight or a nine. There's a couple on there that um, okay. just don't really move me a lot. I think but. I agree with that. I would definitely at least give it a nine, though. What do you, What is your favorite Toto album? If we can, oh, seventh one easily. Okay. My favorite Toto album is seventh one, then probably Fahrenheit, and then probably Toto four. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. What else strikes you? Just stick with it real quick. Michael McDonald theme. Can I yeah. just jump ahead? So minute by minute. Yeah. Where are you on that one? I love that album, but it feels like it's kind of herky-jerky to me from a yachty. Standpoint. Yeah, I think by the time you get again to side two, it's a lot more herky-jerky. Last couple of songs, uh, certainly the front end of it is 10. So again, side one's a 10, side two's maybe a six for me, yeah. maybe a five. Yeah. All right. I agree with that. Um, we had a, a Cat in the Hat from Bobby Caldwell, which is not... The album has What You Won't Do For Love. So I think it's the next one. Right. Um, there, there was a couple that I was not familiar with. In fact, there's several on here that I was not familiar with and have not really gone in and invested myself. There is uh, Ed Mata, an album called AOR, and it's from 2013. Hmm. And it's a lot more, I don't know, It's obviously it's modern sounding. It has some sort of yachty aspects to it, but it's almost like if you took Yacht Rock and mixed it a little bit with Barry White or something. The vocals mm. are different. Um, perhaps we should uh, spin a quick track. All right. So let's play uh, Play Things of Love, first track on the album. So that's Ed Mata, and um, it, that one got a vote, and so we should probably uh, invite everyone to go ahead and peruse that one. Another one that got mentioned was, um, uh, it's called Find Us on the Dial by Tim Cashin, C-A-S-H-I-O-N, and uh, I've not had a chance to listen to it yet, so I wasn't able to find it on Spotify, so we'll give that one a check down the road and see if it's worthy of a 10 of 10. Uh, remember our conversation about not being able to find the line between R&B and Yacht Rock. Yeah. There's a few artists out there that uh, get posted a lot, and I'm going to confess I haven't really dug into yet. Uh, A couple times they've come up when we were discussing Maidens of the Voyage, and one of them that gets constant acclaim is Brenda Russell. And I'll admit, I don't know all that much about Brenda Russell, uh, but I went and checked out her album. The one that was suggested was Two Eyes, which is from 1983. It's produced by Tommy LaPuma, and it is loaded with personnel. And this is a perfect example of what R&B Yacht Rock sounds like. This is not R&B. This is definitely Yacht Rock 
with an R&B influence. So, well, she does have a song named Jero on that album. Yeah, let's listen to that. All right. That provides a segue into uh, Jero. Oh, very good. Nice. Clever. The album. Yeah. So which uh, albums were named from? Just the just Jero, Jero album. Yeah. So really? the Boogie Down, uh, Morning on that. Uh, uh, Trouble in Paradise was on that. It's not my favorite Jero record, but I can understand why that one would be given a 10 of 10. It's probably of that era became his most popular. I like the This Time album. Uh, much simpler, but Jay Graydon did produce the three in a row there. And uh, yeah, Jerome. What about Breaking Away? That's no? another one. Yeah. Hmm. That's but, got uh, We're in This Love Together. Yes, but I don't think top to bottom the whole album is as strong. Okay. All right. Is it the audience, though? How about uh, what do you know about Michael Cimbello? Uh Isn't he the guy from the Flashdance soundtrack? That's it. Maniac? Yeah. Maniac, yeah. So somebody put up his album, Bossa Nova Hotel. Um, any thoughts on that one? I give it a little bit of a listen. Well, I have not yet. So, all right. Well, then uh, pick a tune. Uh, just at random. Sure. Okay. okay. All right. Um, well, Maniac is on that record. Well, we know what that, we sounds, know what that like. sounds like. All right. I'm gonna pick. Uh, let's go with the opening track. We'll see what kind of the sound they were trying to establish. Boom. This is automatic main. <laughs> Okay. Well, it certainly connects to Maniac, but I'm not sure how it connects to Yacht Rock. It's, it's too synthy. synthy, drum machine-y sounding for me to be a, a Yacht Rock album. Well, what's your thoughts on the album overall? Take off your Yacht Rock colored glasses, your teal colored spectacles. Uh, I haven't given it enough of a listen probably to judge it, but I don't hear it as a... I just kind of danced through it a little bit. Not, uh, No pun intended. I wasn't exactly <laughs> on stage with the water pouring on me. Um, but it didn't feel like, uh, it didn't feel like it connected enough with the, with Yacht Rock to really be on this list, I guess. Right, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I see the name Sabello come, yeah. Michael Sabello come up a lot. I can't judge Yacht it in quality because I haven't spent the time, but right. I don't see it, how it connects here. Well, have you but, spent the time with your, uh, pal Bill Champlin's runaway record? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like the Total 4 album. The high yep. notes are so high and, but there's a couple of... Oddly enough, the one song I don't like on it is the one that they play all the time. On um, your serious, yeah, you take mean? it uptown. Yeah, yeah with, I'm uh, the same way. And Kenny Loggins produced that. So one song on the album he produced, and it, mm. that one doesn't really hold anything for me. Shuffle beat, yeah, straight, maybe that's it. it's the shuffle <laughs> yeah. beat, not the halftime shuffle, which we right, adore. Right, right, straight shuffle. Well, speaking of high notes. And Kenny Loggins, High Adventure got mentioned a couple times. It did. Which oh. we did an album focus on with special guest Tris Imboden. Was it a 10 album for you? Uh, Certainly not 10 Yachty. I'd we, say we covered that. Four to six Yachty and about an eight to nine. Yeah. Same. Eight, at least an eight and a half. Higher than an eight. But pro- I don't know about a 10. Yeah. All I right. agree. 
Um, I'd love to hear what other people think, by the way, of all the stuff. Um, so as you go to Facebook and um, you'll see a post promoting this episode, give us your comments. What did we get wrong? And uh, furthermore, what would you put on this list? Because there's a few yeah. Uh, that I would have on a list that didn't get any mention, which I'm surprised. Well, we have a few here we could still get wrong. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, for sure. Robert Byrne, blame it on the night. So that would be the same Byrne from Byrne and Barnes, I would uh, imagine. I don't know that album very well. Me neither. The Larson Fighton or Larson Feetin. Feetin? Fighton? Feetin? 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 Yeah. yeah. See, that and- was, that's one that the Yachty tracks are, you know, particularly, you know, Phantom of the... Anyway, it's, no, not Phantom of the Footlights. That's the next album. What's the... Hit on that one. Um, oh yeah, who will be the fool tonight? Yes, I had to look that up. I don't know why that title escaped me. So the the vocal tunes on them are probably worthy of a ten ten, but because it's intermixed with instrumentals, not have anything against instrumentals, but it it changes the flow of the record to a point where I have a hard time giving it a full ten. Yep. Even though I probably put all those instrumentals into my yacht jazz, playlist. I know I did. It's not a distaste for the songs. It just it kind of breaks it up for me. Yeah. I definitely did that. I put a lot of that record into my Yacht Jazz collection. Um, can I go next? Sure. This um, Here's a great one that's not on Spotify, but this Greg Guidry, Over the Line. Oh, that album yes. is really, really good. Talk about a buried treasure. That is outstanding. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm close to a 10 out of 10 on that one. I'd probably give my 10s away a little more. I'm like the Russian judge, you know, <laughs> at uh, the old Olympics, but... Uh, but that Greg Guidry album is outstanding. If you can find it, spin it, stream it, buy it, whatever you can do, over the line. Uh, Worst case scenario, the entire record is ripped on YouTube. So right. You can find right, it there. Right. Nightfly by Fagan. That's a definite 10 out of 10, I mm. think, for me. So you would call that a 10 out of 10 in terms of quality and yachtiness? Yes. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean every single song is a yacht rock song, but they're all very close mm-hmm. to being. They all fit within that. So, yes, that's a 10 of 10 for me. And that that's the first album post-Steely Dan, right? Right. So it really it's still carrying over a lot of the Steely Dan quality. To me, it's just an extension of Gaucho, yep. sonically. Uh, what else? We had uh, Eric Tagg's Dream Walking, as we mentioned, did get a mention. Uh, Young Gun Silver Fox, the AM Waves record, mm-hmm. which I would agree in terms of that's probably their most yacht rock sounding one. And we talked just the last episode, I believe, about how they were gradually moving into more of a wider berth West Coast AOR sound and not necessarily strictly trying to sound yachty. Mm -hmm. Remember the Sneaker album? Oh, yeah. That one got a mention. Yep. Some people went into the deep cuts here. Yeah. Yacht rock album. Jim Messina's Oasis Mm. got a couple mentions, and then we already mentioned Minute by Minute. So Mm. that's the list of the ones that were posted, at least by the time I called this all together. Do you have some on your personal list that did not get mentioned yet? Yes. Okay. Um, Surprising omissions, but maybe not the right people weren't paying attention or maybe yeah that's true and also maybe it came after i stopped looking yes so i will admit though that i was approaching it through the like it's a perfect yacht album 10 to you know top to bottom okay and so i was surprised that nobody mentioned the chris christian record because that's on my list yep and i don't know if these are tens or just like 9.2s but they're solid (laughs) and both robbie dupree records yeah i have that especially to me, I lean a little more towards the uh, um, second one, Street Corner Heroes. I think I do too. Okay, even though that was that came after the the big hit, yeah, yeah. Steal Away. And isn't Hot Rod Hearts on the first one too? 
Oh, now see, you can't go and do that to you gotta me. Gotta Google stuff. Or I'm gonna sh- schnoogle it. That's what you do it on uh, on Snapchat. Is that what I'm on? Spotify, <laughs> TikTok. I'm gonna spoogle. Uh, what's his name? Robbie Dupree. I think you're still on AOL. <laughs> MySpace. Uh, Hot Rod Hearts is indeed on the first record. Good one. Good call. Yep. Okay. I had uh, Finest Henderson's album. I think that that one has mm. Yachty character top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, the J.P. Morgan album. Oh, yeah. That one Ooh, that is. one's got all kinds of cred. Yeah. What do you think about the Ned Doheny stuff? I mean, I, I think all the first three records of his are all tens in terms of quality. But do they belong in this context? 10-10 as a Yachty. Uh-huh. A lot of acoustic guitar, but... Yeah, Boy, it's just that stuff just feels so essential. It does. West Coast. I'm torn on that, yeah. but I, I love it. Um, I'm surprised. I wouldn't call this a ten, but I'm surprised that nobody mentioned Kenny Loggins' "Keep the Fire" album. <laughs> you know, especially with the title. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's the ultimate it's got, this tra- is Trojan it. horse. It's got who's right, who's wrong on. Yeah, and it's got "Keep the Fire," of course. <laughs> um, you know, just kind of love has come of age. Yeah, his albums are kind of all over the place, yep. and that's probably what keeps them from being a 10 for anybody, because yeah. you might love certain stuff and not other stuff. Yep. Um, Wilson Brothers, we just talked oh, about God, that one. Yes. How can I forget that? Yeah. What, what about State Cows? I mean, yeah. I, I don't think they've put out a song I don't like. I know. They're, they're, they're remarkably consistent. And sometimes this is going to sound harsh, but I wonder if they're too consistent I sometimes. Know. I would agree with that. I asked myself the same question. But the, I guess, you know, there's something to be said for consistency. Yeah. Um, Last one I have here with a with three question marks. So I was even unsure. So this, um, England and John Ford Coley's Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive album. That would definitely be the yachtiest of their albums. Uh, I looked at my list, my larger AOR uh, yacht rock list, and I think I have six or seven of the tracks in the list. So that's a pretty good indication. Okay. Of what my I, yeah, you know, my I would agree on with that on both counts. Probably, uh, I think some purists would think it's too acoustic at times. Probably, but, probably. Um, yeah. And by the same token, this is a yacht record. Yeah. But if you want a ten out of ten, I'm going to go back to what we said at the beginning about one of your tunes, Poco's Indian Indian Summer oh, album yeah. is a ten out of ten for me. Ten out of ten. Maybe it doesn't belong in a yacht rock conversation. All right, then I'm going to put, like it, I'm gonna put in Hotel podcast. California. Then oh, okay. <laughs> <Now> <laughs> <we're>... <laughs> <laughs> I was up four. I was the holy. Oh my gosh! All right, yacht. All right, well, let's wrap it up before we get ourselves into too much trouble, and we can move on to the lightning round. I think we should. All right. Well, I'm just going to jump right in it uh, real quick. Can I ask you, does – I'm confused on where even I stand on uh, Kenny Loggins' Love Has Come of Age. And you want me to absolve your confusion? You got, Yeah, you're pretty straightforward. It's, yeah, All right. It's a, no, I want to – Okay, well, I, I just want to let you finish I your thought. It. I'm trying to remember here. Let me check my notes. He's checking his notes. Um, we have a narrator now? Yep. Uh, he's scrolling down Ooh. to the note he made. Um, oh, I <laughs> – of course. I, where did I hear it? On Sirius XM. Oh, wow. Uh, that so, should tell you all you need to know. Yes. <laughs> but when I heard it, I'm like, this is not Yacht Rock. But then I'm like, is it? Or isn't it? I don't know. Let's hear some of it, and you tell me what you think. All right.
It's the rocking side of the boat, man. That too. Yeah. Kills. Yeah. I love it. I don't often go over to the rocking side of the boat. Okay. Um, Kyle, where I don't are you? even. Yeah, to... I know. Sorry, Kyle. I don't even go over there for hold the line. So I would not be. I would be a biased judge. Speaking of the Russian judge. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give the song a perfect ten, but it doesn't mean it's a perfect ten yachtiness. It's just a perfect ten of a song. I love it. Okay. Great tune. All right. What about you? I'm going back to the uh, Brenda Russell album. Okay. Did you know that the first track on there, which is called I Want Something to Find Me, was a co-write with Mr. Bill LeBounty? What? We're going to listen to it in a second, and you tell me, not only does it float your boat, but tell me you can't hear Bill LeBounty in the composition. But before we do that, here is the personnel. It sounds like it came right off the LeBounty record. J.R. Robinson, Nathan East, Bill LeBounty on the piano, Jerry Hay and the boys, and it's recorded and mixed by Al Schmidt. So it's definitely got all that cred. So you tell me if this doesn't sound like a long-lost LeBounty tune. I'm in love, <laughs> as you might suspect. Uh huh. How That's did a I good know? Tune. Yeah. Is the whole record written by Bill Abani? Nope. Oh, There's a on. track written by David Foster on there w- with her. There's a track written by Michael McDonald so, on there. Yeah. Is the album a ten yachtiness and ten quality wise? Uh nine yachty, eight quality. There right. are a couple songs on there. I grant. I remember, I only just started listening to this, so it may grow on me over time. But like the song we talked about, the Jero song, in and of itself, didn't really do all that much for me. So the title's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Gets mm-hmm. half a point for that. <laughs> all right, what do you got for a buried treasure? Well, we mentioned Street Corner Heroes, so yeah. I'm going. I'm going to stay within the subject matter here. Street Corner Heroes, Robbie Dupree, 1981. I've had this song sitting in my lightning round uh, sub list for a while. And obviously today's the perfect day to use it because we talked about that album. And this is called Free Fallen. We were free fallen, free fallen. Now I wonder how the time went by. I never thought we'd say goodbye. Free fallen, free fallen. I remember because I told you I just went through those records back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That song did stick out to me. Good one. Yep. Somehow it, it caught me on one day, and I just kind of throw it in the list and wait for the opportunity to fire. Yep. But didn't chart anywhere, right? Was it I don't even think a single? So. Yeah. No. All right. Uh, so is it for me to do a buried treasure? It is. All right. Um, I was listening to one of those crazy almost yacht rock playlists on uh, Spotify. Yeah. You know, where it's like smooth sailing. Yeah. They don't want to say it's yacht rock. Right. Uh, but you find some interesting clever, things though. there. Um, one of which I found really interesting. I was like, oh my God, I forgot, I forgot this song. It's Marilyn McCoo uh, and Billy Davis. Uh-huh. And you might recognize this tune from a different era. And this is Saving All My Love for You.
idea that they did that tune. Really? I know. So how do you know the song? Well, I know the uh, Whitney Houston. Version. Oh, yes. Glad you mentioned that. <laughs> oh, no. I've always been set up. <laughs> <laughs> so I did the same discovery. So I'm this like, is like the lightning round within the lightning round. We're doing the turducken thing again. Yes. Well, okay. now I'm going on to my off the map. Oh, okay. So Because I discover, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that song, but I don't remember this Marilyn McCoo. How do I know it? How do I know it? And, of course, I find the Whitney Houston yeah. version off her debut album. You want to talk about Perfect Tens from a... Uh, personnel standpoint. Oh, I thought you had her poster up on the wall or it, something. Well, yeah, she was quite a looker. But um, this is, you'll have to indulge me because this is going to take Bo Derek was the 10, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. How yachty did you find that movie? <laughs> 10? Does that make Ravel's Bolero a 10 out of 10? I guess, I by know, the transit of property. All right, so I'm going to run through the personnel okay. on this, and it's going to take a bit, but that's the whole point. So obviously, uh, I did not realize that three songs were produced by Jermaine Jackson, Michael Jackson's brother. No, I didn't know that. And uh, she does a duet that I had forgotten about uh, by uh, with Teddy Pendergrass. But oh, yeah. Those are just interesting side notes. Okay. Personnel, Tom Scott on sax. Keyboards, Robbie Buchanan, <clears throat> Randy Kerber, Richard Marks, also doing background vocals. Bass is performed by Nathan East or Freddie Washington and sometimes Randy Jackson, who kind of comes into the scene later, I think, because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. he was he's also on Richard Mark stuff, as you recall. Yeah. Uh, all right. Greg Fillingaine and Journey for John J.R. Robinson on drums. Yep. Um, let me see. I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip people that I don't consider super yachty. Paul Jackson Jr. on guitar. Dan Huff. Uh, Louis Shelton. Um, mixed by Bill Schnee, at least most of it. Nice. Um, that's, I mean, there's others on here too, but that's pretty much, that's a who's who of yacht. It really is. Yeah. So I'm thinking this is going to be a super yachty record. I just didn't realize it. Remember how I went into my Richard Marks exploration with high hopes and came away slightly disappointed? Yep. I went into a full on. Uh, Whitney Houston exploration with very low expectations and came away mildly surprised. Oh, okay. Tell me how Yachty you think. I mean, the very first track, at least it's listed this way on Spotify. I think it might be different than the record. But uh, the very first track on the debut album by Whitney Houston, this is You Give Good Love. Tell me how Yachty you find this. So, uh, 1985, so right after the day the yacht... Yeah, I hear a little bit of that in there. Here's some of the DX7, like, uh, roads and the, uh, sort of their fake marimba. Yep. So, yachtier than I would have guessed, given, uh, that the hit was How Will I Know. Yeah. It's still got, um, a fair amount of that diva ballad built to it, but there's some elements in there... Certainly, I can hear it like in the chord changes and the the key changes and stuff. That had they done it with a little more groove as opposed to just straight up ballad, you could work that into a yachty sound very easily. Yep. And I'm just noticing because I listened to the other album too, is that everything it's got all the same musicians, but it's clear that Clive Davis or somebody said Whitney's the star of this record. Absolutely. And everything else is in the mix background too. Yeah, yep. she's way out front. Yep. yep. Uh, but it, it was better than I thought. So anyways, if you're bored uh, one weekend, check out the Whitney Houston catalog. All right. All right. Uh, the uh, final off the map yes. presentation is Shelby Mine. It and shall be. 
there is on the horizon, maybe by the time this airs, I don't know, there's uh, been some new stuff being released from Monkey House. Mm. So Monkey House is uh, often considered the most Steely Dan sounding of the modern yacht groups that are out there. And this is their latest release. It's out there as a single. And I wanted to put that in as an off-the-map sound. This is We Will Meet Again. So some very polished, West Coasty sounding, sophisticated pop. Not yachty, probably, but... Oh, but, all right. Neither are you. Uh, well, <laughs> well actually, you. I think the new Page 99 record's pretty yachty. Are there any um, gratuitous nautical references or puns on this new album of yours? I'm ashamed to say that there are not. You didn't even end the album with Ahoy Polloi? Ahoy <laughs> Polloi! 